This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Double Tap. It is Wednesday, it's the 15th of March, 2023. CSUN is happening and wow, a lot of announcements are coming, including what might be my last ever computer I buy. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. It's a tech show, honest. Hello, Sean Priest. Hello, it actually is in this episode. <laughs> it's, it's, I am bloated with tech, bursting with hardware. This is, Oof. wow, this is so much news coming out of CSUN. Amazing. It is incredible, the amount of news that is uh, coming out. I, I'll be honest, I... Every year, CSUN, you know, delivers some headlines, right? Mm -hmm. It it sometimes delivers news. And it's usually things like, oh, hey, look, a New Orbit thing that's not quite come out yet. Or whatever it is. And that's fine. But actually, this time around, now we're getting some serious headlines that are actually making waves. uh, And are actually attached to bigger tech news stories in the wider community, which is very interesting. Exciting times. Oh, it's very exciting. But look, you know what? We've got to start the show with just a bit of a, a moment just to, you know reset a little bit after yesterday because it was a bit chaotic here on uh, Double Tap yesterday. There was a lot well, to lot chaotic, to say. I'll say emotional. It was emotional. It yes. was, how did I put it on the tweet? Honest. I think I said it was passionate. It was raw, yes. real, real raw and rough, which is Oof. my Twitter profile. <laughs> Leave that Twitter profile, that's not <laughs> uh, But yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was honest. You're right. It was honest. And I think we got a lot of you know, emotions out. And I think that those emotions are felt by a lot of us, you know, reflecting on what Julian said yesterday. You know, I think for me, there's, there's, we oftentimes, we are so frustrated in ourselves. I mean, some people could listen to that and, and, you know, could think, "Mm, sort of an overreaction to a comment about echolocation. Mm. But actually, when you really dig into the deeper point and only blind people get this, we, we really are the only ones that get this. You know, yeah, the, the frustration absolutely. we live sometimes, just, just trying to get through. And, you know, Julian's, when he talked, he talked so eloquently about the the challenges he faces every day, and he just gets on with it. And, you know, we're not looking for, he's not looking for anyone to pat him on the head and say, well done. He's not looking for praise. He's not looking for anything. He just wants to live his life like everybody else. And yeah. what he doesn't want is someone coming along and saying, well, if you just tried a bit harder, you could achieve this. And yeah. I think that's the point. I think that's ultimately the point that I've been trying to get to. I feel we've I feel we've said it. I feel we've made the point. I certainly feel I've made the point. Um and yeah. I think it's I think it's time to chill things out. You know, I got an email last night from someone, I won't say who, because they asked not to have their email read out. And they said, Look, you know, I love your show. I love the conversations, but maybe it's time to dial it down a bit. And I don't disagree with that. I think, you know, I think we've made our points. I certainly have. I feel I've made my points. I must admit, you know, I wasn't expecting echolocation to be the the conversation the that brought point, all this out. The yeah, flash I, I point, yes. Didn't think that would be it. <laughs> but um, but I think, you know, people have said what they need to say. And I, I got a lovely voicemail from Shannon who sent this message, and I think before, well, it would have been before we heard from Julian, but it's a really interesting voicemail because it ties into this whole conversation around being born blind and the challenges that people face who are born blind versus people who lose sight later on. Shannon got in touch with us for the first time, I think, and this is her comment. Hi, my name is Shannon Carey, and I'm calling because the other evening it was the 
Tuesday's show, um, you mentioned that it's probably very different for a person to be born blind versus a person to have gone blind later in life. And I think the answer is absolutely. Those of us who have been born blind, it's our normal. And although we have challenges, we are able to work through those and, and kind of learn from the very beginning. While those of people who have lost their sight later on, I can't only imagine the transition that requires and the trying to learn new things and figure things out and really just train your brain to do something different. So to any of you and all of you who have lost sight or are losing sight, um, you should commend yourselves and be very proud of what you're you're doing. Um, and don't compare yourself to others. It's just not not something that's good for anyone to do. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I want to comment on is a gentleman called also on a Tuesday show saying that he thought it would be great to actually talk about people who have jobs and who are successful at their jobs at being blind or visually impaired. And I think he's right that we do talk a lot about really needing to um, have, you know, focusing on how people are not employed. Um, but I think we should focus more on people who are employed and who have been successful just to kind of create a balance in the conversation and also to inspire people if possible. Um, I say this as a person who is blind from birth, but as a person who has been working with and or at Microsoft for the past 29 years um, very successfully, and I hope that others can have the same level of success and that those of us who have been successful can support all of you who might want to create jobs or look to jobs or be employed in different ways as well. So love the show and I will keep listening. Thank you so much, Shannon. I think that to me sums up our, our take on this. And, and actually I think just, just draws a line nicely under what our conversation by essentially saying, look, let's, let's not challenge each other. Challenge, compare. Yeah, yeah. Let's not do that. Down or, or whatever. Yeah. But let's work together. Let's show, let's, let's talk about the positives. And that's really what this show is about. It's about saying to people, look, here's what the positives are. Here's what the potential is. You know, it's up to you to decide whether or not you use it or not. And I've certainly found that over the years. You've found that, right? We, we both, Absolutely. we both are very good at telling people about, and I don't think we do tell, but I think we, we certainly talk about things like Braille, but you and I both have had this conversation. You know, we, we talk about Braille. We absolutely advocate for it. We, I'll stand on any hill and talk about it. Maybe not die on it, but I'll certainly, <laughs> I may die on the hill, but not because of that. But, you know, Just I'm walking uh, up yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I'll die walking up the hill. But, you know, I'll stand on any hill and I will absolutely defend and I will advocate for Braille and, and, and you know, in education and in the workplace and all those things. But, you know, that doesn't mean that we are experts at it either. And, you know, I've been, we've been criticized for this. I remember being criticized for, you know, almost not practicing what I preached. And I don't think you have to do that. I don't think you have to be, you know, an expert in something in order to say, do you know what, that's a good idea. Or actually other people, yes, should have access to that. Um, that's right. Yeah. So again, it's about it's about just positive thinking, but positive messaging as well. And it's something we try and do here as much as we can. Well, I also think we've got to recognise, if, if we're being honest, if we're having an honest conversation, there's uh, sometimes I will get angry or annoyed at something, so some remark, and it's purely down to your own insecurities, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, of, yeah. of being blind or visually impaired, you know. You're Absolutely. constantly sort of putting yourself down anyway in your own mind sometimes. So, um, yeah, I think we need to recognise that. But I think that 
that email from Shannon sort of summed it up nicely. I yeah. agree. It is a tech show. Honest. And let's get to the tech. Come on. Breaking news. Oh, Breaking there is news. so much going on. CSUN is happening right now in California. Why are we not there? Why are we not in California? God bless you, Mr. F. Why, why are we not there? We should be. <laughs> oh, Mr. F, Mr. F's not well today. He's not well. Oh, no. What's the matter? Yeah, he's slacking. <gasps> is he? Get well, yeah, Mr. F. A, do you know these? You know, there's a thing now in, in the office where the, the, it's the TWTs. You've got to be careful how you say this. Uh, TWTs. Have you heard yes. of these people? No. People who only work the Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday. Have you heard about this? This is a new thing. People, oh. people don't want to work Monday, Friday anymore. So they just they just work the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I'm not quite sure really how long Mr. Weekend. F fits into I this because he's, he's, he's kind of taken a midweek weekend. Yeah, I wouldn't possibly say that. I think he's a very hard worker and a great, great human being. I would like to go to CSUN. Thank you. I have to say, two big announcements. Well, actually, there's a lot of announcements coming out, and we, we're going to get into this properly. JJ Meadow is going to join us, and is hopefully going to join us on Friday to go through all of the, the big announcements. But, you know, we can't really stand on ceremony. There's a lot people are talking about right now. Two big announcements, one from Be My Eyes, the other from Orbit Research. Now, you can decide for yourself which one goes first. I can't decide, so I'm just picking one. Um, Orbit Research. Okay, we'll start there. Oh, I because, knew you would. Oh, this is so exciting. So, Access Mind and Orbit Research have announced the launch of the Optima Braille laptop computer at the CSUN event. This is, of course, the assistive technology conference that happens in California every year. Uh, This is going to be a new state-of-the-art laptop computer adding complete modularity and flexibility in hardware and software. (laughs) I don't know why I'm saying it like that. nor me. But yes, it apparently will pioneer an entirely new class of products. So think oh. about this. And it says here, look, and this is Orbit saying this, and I think it's quite telling where they're going with this, with this kind of language. Traditional Braille note takers are extremely expensive, have very limited hardware capabilities, lock users into a closed system that is obsolete the day it is released, and Ooh. offer software upgrades that are few and far between. These note takers, I know. These note takers require both <laughs> students and teachers to learn specialised proprietary user interfaces and then have to relearn the use of mainstream computing platforms such as Windows or Mac computers as they enter the workplace. The Optima changes this forever, it says, by offering all of the power, the features, the functionality, the configurability, the upgradability that people have come to expect from desktop computers. That is fighting talk, isn't it? It is. Yes, they're throwing down the gauntlet. Immediately, I am thinking El Braille. Yes. Well, it's not dissimilar, I don't think, because the El Braille, though, is a dock, isn't it? It's a dock, and you put, say, a Focus 14 or a a 40, depending on the size of the El Braille you choose, you know, into that. So you've got to buy two parts. You've got to buy the El Braille, which is the Windows part, the the computer, essentially, and then the, the display, which is the keyboard, arguably, right? That's right. Yes, but I mean, it, we, we, you know, you call it a dock, but it, it, it's essentially the laptop without a keyboard or a display, right? It's running yeah. all. It's got all the hardware in there. It's running Windows. The fact that you're slotting in your Braille display as the input uh, and output is, is the thing with that. But again, at the time, I thought the L Braille was woefully underpowered for the price you were paying for it. We're talking, you know, a few generations behind when it comes to the hardware. Uh, don't get me wrong; people that have used it loved it. But still, for the price, and even without the cost of the Braille display added on, I thought for the hardware you were getting, ah, I wasn't particularly impressed by it whatsoever. Well, you know, to give you some context on this, because I mentioned that it's Orbit Research and also Access Mind, that company is uh, run by Addy Kushner. 
Addy formerly was from the Elita Group, which made the Elbrail. Oh, have I just put my foot in it? Uh, no, well, I, I, th- think I think I think you're, I think you've picked up on something. <laughs> that clearly, the, there's a lot of learning that's been done with the Elbrail, yes, and that has been brought over to Access Mind and also now this partnership with uh, Orbit Research. That is well, tell very me more. interesting. Yeah, tell okay, me so more. lots of specifications here, and this is the great thing about this, and this is the bit that I think will appeal to a lot of people because not only can you decide beforehand what you want so you can configure this, it's not just a case of this is what you get, get used to it, because that's common in our world. You know, it's just a, here's the device, this is the yep. option, and it costs X amount of thousand dollars. It's running Android 3. Yes. Get used to it. <laughs> exactly, that's right. Yeah. It's still running Windows CE. That'll be fine, surely. <laughs> that still goes online, doesn't it? Uh, yes, this has got um, a module. Well, we'll talk about the modular part in a minute. Let's talk about the actual capability and what's in here. So apparently it will be uh, offering the latest generation of Intel Core i5 and i7 laptop processors. I already have had an email about this from Michael Babcock. He says, why is there no i9? Honestly, you just cannot please some people. <laughs> He's got a point. But yeah, I would have quite liked an i9 in there. Uh, memory options from 8 gig to 64 gig. That's pretty decent. Uh, onboard storage from 256 gig up to 2 terabytes. You would configure this in advance, right? You would decide what you want. Uh, and then you can still change it afterwards. You can, you know, because of the modular element of it, you can actually upgrade the RAM later. You can change the hard drive later. And even the ports, get to that in a second. But also, uh, there's a choice of Braille tech options as well. So you can choose between Orbit signage quality uh, and affordable true Braille, as they call it, or traditional piezo cells. I think I'm saying that right. P-I-E-Z-O. Piezo. Yeah, So hang on, hang on, hang on. So, so I can get my head around this. So like the L Braille has no QWERTY keyboard. It is just you know, your Braille display and Braille keys in there. So is this the same or is this... So going by the images, and I have to say the images look a little bit like they've been drawn rather than anything that's physical at this point, although I don't know, I I can't really tell. But what it looks like to me just off the bat, if I'm honest, this looks exactly like the Mantis Q40. In terms of design, it's got the same kind of keyboard, laptop Ah. size keyboard. It's got the 40 40 cell braille display below that, Uh, but obviously having additional ports... And capabilities, and obviously the internals are different. That's the key. Uh, no monitor built onto this. So you will have an HDMI port. You can, of course, plug a monitor into this should you want to. Hang on. This is no our dream. This is. is what we've been saying. This is a Bluetooth keyboard with a Braille display built in with a computer built in as well. And a powerful computer at that. Yeah, That's yeah. That's the point. You're not making any compromises when it comes. And your ability to upgrade that later on. I mean, that's that's rare in the mainstream yeah. hardware market anyway. Now, you know, it was just Apple where you couldn't upgrade anything after. You had to buy as much as you could afford right at the start. But even away from Apple, other manufacturers, you know, Dell, et cetera, most laptops now have either the RAM soldered in or the, the hard drive soldered in. So you can't change that. The ability to upgrade yourself later on is fantastic. That's really yeah, cool. That's, that's, a, that's a really interesting position on this. Again, price is going to be the interesting bit, really, because we don't have any sense of price yet. And obviously the base level model compared to the top end, you know, that could be where it gets really interesting. Um, We don't know yet anything about that, but some other specs for you. Wi-Fi 6E will be standard in there. Also Bluetooth 5.2. 
Optima allows fast and reliable wireless network speeds. It also is the first Thunderbolt 4 certified Braille device, wow. offering industry-leading data transfer capabilities with speeds up to 40 gigabits per second. Wow. Okay. My external hard drive's connected to that. Yes, that would be fantastic. Exactly. Um, obviously, you know, you, you're going to get decent speakers in there. It's got high-quality stereo speakers, beam-forming microphones, a fingerprint wow. sensor. Uh, and also accessibility well, cool. enhance- enhancements as well, such as haptic vibration feedback. Sounds to me that they've sourced like a, a fantastic modular um, motherboard in there. That, that's mm. the key to this. So that the motherboard that they're using is not, as I mentioned before, like four or five generations old. This is cutting edge and with a fingerprint sensor in there. I it's mean, also this other bit cool. though. So, but I mentioned ports, right? You can actually choose ports. So you can uh, you can pick from any four from a wide range of ports, including USB Type C, USB A, HDMI, SD cards, and storage expansion models. Now, the modular ports offer plug and play interchangeability and can even be swapped on the fly. Yes, you can even swap out ports on the fly. That is cool. So I, I, I need another USB C port. Oh, I'll just add one in. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, can't, or, I can't get my head around that. No, that's right. Or, you know, I need a headphone jack. <laughs> well, so many things don't come with that. It's so, it's so funny you say that because I was reading all the specs and I couldn't see anything about a headphone jack. Surely <laughs> it's got idea. one of those. You would think so. It must but, I mean, if it hasn't, then just maybe there's a module available for more audio inputs and outputs, right? You could use USB-C, couldn't you? you don't of course you could, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. the, the fact that they got... The only other... I've seen other laptops that do that and it's all under the repairability um, motif, really. Yes. And that's the the Framework brand. I know they do laptops very similar to yes. that, where you can swap out modules for other things. And that's becoming um, very popular now, especially with the whole right to repair movement. And, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, software as well is flexible. I mean, this is kind of obvious, I suppose, but it's worth saying. You get Windows 11 on there, and you can. that means, you'd, of course, you don't have to be you know, dealing with one specific screen reader. It will come with a standard with NVDA pre-installed and configured with speech hey, and braille output ready to use out of the box. Um, but if you do prefer a dedicated braille-optimized user interface, they're not shying away from that either because what the Optima is including is AccessMind's specially developed braille UI software. Now, this provides a note-taker-like custom-designed braille-first user experience with a set of common applications such as a book reader, Braille editor, calculator, and file manager to seamlessly go between you know that dedicated inter- user interface and the mainstream Windows experience. Whether or not you can sort of, I'm kind of almost thinking of uh, Bootcamp on the Mac. You know, do you swap between like shut down Windows and open up the other, or is it just something that is internal yeah. that goes between? That's I don't interesting. Know. I would but think it was just a shell over you know the Windows operating system, like a Dolphin Guide, for example, but. Maybe it's a, you know, you can switch just to using it in note taker mode without booting to Windows, which is another cool feature if it has it. In terms of size, we're talking 11 by 7, 11 inches by 7 inches by 1. So it's not huge, but it is, if you think, I, I think if you just think about a standard laptop style keyboard and then think in front of that, the 40 cell display, very similar to the Mantis Q40 from Humanware but obviously different in the sense of the, the capability that it has and the modularity. And it is, it's a computer, right? It's not a note-taker. Or <laughs> That's it's not the a, difference. Mantis the isn't a note-taker either. Um, no, no, yeah. The capability of a you know, basically a Windows computer versus... And, and you love the Mantis Q40, right? I, I was really... I, that was going to be my next thing. I really was going to buy... And I, I was kind of resenting it in a way because I thought, 
I still have to carry around a laptop with me. Don't get me wrong. I, I said I just said that it's not a note taker. It actually is a note taker because you can you can use it to take notes on the device itself. You don't have to necessarily connect it to a computer to do that. No, I no. can take notes. I could read them back off the display, so that's fine. But there's no audio in there. Um, well, that's the thing. Wasn't that what everyone was saying? Why, why can't yeah. we have an option for speech output on here? Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the thing with using a, a you know a mainstream operating system like Windows. You've got the whole world of software and whatever customizations and workarounds are, are open to you. It's re- it's a really cool idea. The thing for me that you know will sink or swim this in competition to the Q Man the, the Mantis Q40 will be the the price, and that's something we don't know yet. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of the uh, weight, I think this is interesting because we often think, how is this going to be for carrying around? Well, the weight of this thing is three pounds, just over three pounds. Okay. So I just did a quick comparison. Um, The MacBook Pro, the 14 inch latest MacBook Pro, which I've got here, is £3.5. So holding it in my hand now, and I'm thinking, okay, so I thought that was an interesting comparison. A MacBook Air is £2.8 for comparison. So oh, it's not, not that too dissimilar. bad at all. No, no, that's very good. I like, kind of this sounds surprised at that. And that's I, yeah, I quite I can see where you're coming from saying this could be your you know your last computer almost. Yeah, because as we as we said, that's sort of our dream of just. I wish I could have a Bluetooth keyboard that had a computer built in. That's all I really would would need. And this is there plus the you know the added bonus of having a Braille display built in. Fantastic! I would actually like to see one of these optional without the braille display <laughs> at the, uh, <laughs> at the we, risk of people flaming as well. Oh, well, well I, no, would I, I think you're right i think a lot i mean look there's been talk for a while of an idea of a computer built into a keyboard i mean there was a story a while back of apple apparently patenting such a thing uh but yeah. i don't think it's ever really come to fruition yet anywhere i mean there were examples that came out of china i remember there was a few uh, examples that were on sale. I remember looking at a couple, but they were very underpowered. They didn't have much power in them at all. They were keyboards. They were just standard laptop keyboards. They had ports in the back. And, you know, it was a computer. But, you know, it was like a netbook in terms of the power inside it. Yeah. This yeah. thing is no, clearly I'm, more powerful than that. I'm just thinking that, you know, a, a large part of the price of anything like that is going to be the Braille display. Yes. I was just wondering, you know, I would I would love the opportunity to get one of those, you know, at a reduced price and without the Braille display. That would be so cool. Well, okay. So actually, here's something that might make you... Because, look, I would have normally said no to that idea because what? I would... Because I would have thought Orbit weren't the company to do that. How dare you? But then, on the same day, they announced something else. And this is the first foray I think they've ever done into magnification. Because they've also announced new Orbit Magna family of handheld digital magnifiers, uh, which includes uh, a 3.5-inch, 4.3-inch, and 5-inch HD LCD screen. Uh, different options with magnification of 4 to 32 times for the larger models and 2 to 24 times for the 3.5 inch model you've got good picture quality high uh, bright high resolution bright clear screen which you would expect obviously it's got a handle on it as well you can pull the handle out and use it like an old sherlock Holmes style you know magnifier oh, if you want steampunk sherlock Holmes. that is so cool exactly um and you know it's, it's great for homework it's great for schoolwork as well uh, which, of course, you know, if you're at home, you want to read those prescription medication okay. bottles and you can't. Okay. Good for that right. kind of thing. Yeah, Reading we know. Books. We know what they're good for. That, that's fine. But the things with video magnifiers and something that's never really 
I don't know, made me mad about them is the price. They're always really expensive. So being Orbit, I'm hoping there's good news here. So for the beginning model, the 3.5 inch model, you're talking 149 US dollars. Okay, no, that's good. Yeah, 4.3 that's inch, $200, 5 inch, $250. That's not bad. I don't I think, think that's, that's very bad. good. That's yeah. very competitive. And this is, the first, this is the first foray, I think, for Orbit into low vision. So the reason I'm kind of intrigued by that is because that might get us to the place where you want to be. Where the, Let's see how this goes the first time around with this new device, this new Optima Braille laptop, and maybe they bring out a version that's without Braille. Oh, that exciting. Could be the, that would be very interesting. Or a bit I think research. We should, we should so get cool. some view on this, right? What do you think? Because I honestly think this could be something that Orbit, clearly they're listening to what people want. And I think this is something which is, is a brilliant idea. This could be so good. Uh, just, just so you know, the new Magna range uh, of magnifiers, they're coming out in, uh, I think, spring or summer of this year, 2023. But the Optima Braille laptop, uh, orders starting around 2024, early part of 2024. Now, look, I have to yeah. say at this point, Orbit... <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Orbit are a great company, and they come up with, I think, incredible ideas. But they're sometimes a bit like the Tesla of computers of braille yes. displays or, or even braille because sometimes they come up with ideas like the orbit speak i'm still waiting to find out yeah. where i can buy this from i totally agree and to yeah. be fair you would think that would be easier to get to market than this or maybe they're ditching that maybe they're thinking do you know what let's do this instead maybe this is easier to do i don't know i don't know what they're thinking is uh, i have reached out and hopefully they'll come onto the show and tell us about their roadmap or at least a little bit about it so we can all get a bit more of a sense of it but I do think, you know, the reason I decided to bring up that story first is I think that's one of the, the biggest stories we're going to be talking about for a long time. There is another story, though, that is percolating. Oh, yes. Oh, it's very exciting. We're going to talk about that next. We'll take a short break. We'll come back because I want to talk about Be My Eyes and our big update that will be dropping very soon. It's going out to beta first, but it was announced just yesterday. We're going to get into that. Uh, all as part of a bigger launch of Chat GPT. Four. If you don't know what that is, stick around. We'll tell you all about it next on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Hey, Sean, you know, I was just thinking about this uh, Optima real laptop, right? You know, the first yeah. question I'm going to have. What's the keyboard like? <laughs> What's oh, of a course. good keyboard? Yeah. You're going to oh. want to drop it to see how uh, the build quality of... Oh, yeah. How many toes does it break? The toe test. Yes. <laughs> when I throw this laptop at my feet. Well, you know, I could just save the bother and just drop the MacBook on it. Because yeah, it's yeah, going straight great. back to Apple soon anyway. You know, of course. frankly, this is, this is coming out. <laughs> Handful of Macs to swap for this. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about the other big story. More breaking news. Breaking oh, it's so exciting. News. Honestly. OpenAI released ChatGPT4 yesterday, which is the latest version of the artificial intelligence chatbot. Chatbot, not chatbot. ChatGPT. <laughs> this is quite confusing. They could come up with a better name than this. Oh. What does GPT stand for? I have absolutely no idea. Well, Maybe we should ask it. It was a trick question because I actually know. Oh, do you? Yes. Generative pre-trained transformer. But that makes even less sense. I, absolutely. I thought... 
Yeah, I'd rather I've just heard of the Transformers known. where a truck turns into a robot or something. But, you know, other than that, I have no idea. Uh, so, look, we know, for example, with the with the chat GPT that's gone forward so far, it's really all been about language and words, right? You give information to this thing and you can get essentially you, anything you want back. I mean, it is incredible. It's all you about can... the natural language. Yes. You talk to it like you would talk to any incredibly clever person. It's all, yeah, it's so much easier. Yeah. yeah. Well, this one's different. This upgrade now adds image capability as well. So, for example, and this is, I, I try to find tangible descriptions of this because I, I think a lot of people probably listen to this and glaze over a little bit because it all just feels so ridiculous. And in some ways, maybe just, just not something you would ever engage with. But here's a good example of it. So you could take a picture of your fridge, right? Open your fridge door. Ideally not with the door closed, because that wouldn't work as well. Open the door, show it the ingredients that's in there, take an image of that, and then what it will do is it will analyse that image, and it is now able to, it's capable for you to then ask the question, based on what's in this fridge, what can I cook tonight? And it'll come up with recipes, using all the stuff you've got in there. How cool is that? It can also how write captions, it can write descriptions of images. I mean, just think about alt text and how that could be improved with this. Oh, it's changed. It's changed everything. The, the ability to analyse and input visuals is a massive move for us. It's amazing. Incredible. I mean, and, and you know, people have used it up to this point for writing songs, poems, computer code as well. Uh, it says you're helping with homework, although teachers say students shouldn't do that. Uh, yes, there's probably a lot of Times things we changed. shouldn't be doing. And look, no, if, you yeah. want, if you want access to this at the minute... Um, because ChatGPT4 will be available initially only to ChatGPT Plus subscribers, which I think I have that subscription. Um, of course and they have. pay twenty dollars a month for premium access to the service. It's a lot of money, but it's also not a lot of money if you know what I mean. Because for what it is, if you're using it, you have to really be using it. And let's be honest, Microsoft probably want to claw back some of that ten billion they've put into this. Yeah, I would have thought so. So yes, twenty dollars a month—that's what I'm basically paying up. Really, that's- <laughs> well done, you. <laughs> but I mean, if if, this, if you use Chat GPT as part of your workflow, I mean, it it, it can save you money anyway, can't you? It can save so much time which saves you money. It's it's well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing, of course, with all of this is how will it work in the real world? And launched alongside this at CSUN uh, and as part of the, uh, you know, this development in this new AI capability, uh, the app Be My Eyes has offered its services to be part of this as well. And really, you know, for those who don't know Be My Eyes, although most of our audience probably do, be My Eyes is that app you go to when you need to match your socks as a blind person or you want to just check there's not a, you know, a stain on your shirt before you do a live spot on AMI, as I often have to do. There always um, is. Yeah, and there usually <laughs> is. Uh, you know, it's also great for, I remember once finding a card for my wife in a store. I went into, you know, a birthday card shop or whatever it is and, you know, went in there and I was looking for a specific card. I wanted to make sure I knew what was actually written in the card before I gave her. I did once <laughs> give my wife a card for her birthday, which said happy anniversary. That could have been a lot worse. I do that all the time as part of the fun. Sorry for your loss would not be great. Ah, get well, birthday. nephew, all loss that I've got her in the past. They love it. Oh, dear nephew, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> um, in some parts of the world, that'd be okay, but... Not on our part. Um, anyway, uh, so Be My Eyes has been around for a while. It's a Danish startup, of course, which uh, some of you might not know, uh, which connects people who are blind and partially sighted to volunteers. 
Um, however, with this new visual input capability of GPT-4, being able to look at an image and assess it, Be My Eyes have developed a GPT-4-powered virtual volunteer within the Be My Eyes app, which can generate the same level of context and understanding as a human volunteer. Whoa. That's, I know, that's, that's a bold claim. Quite a claim, isn't it? Uh, yeah. let's, let's get some actual... Uh, let's hear, actually, about this. This is a, a promo video that uh, Be My Eyes have put up online. It features the well-known YouTuber and TikToker Lucy Edwards, uh, who's blind herself, and she uh, demonstrates some of the features. And this is quite quick, so you might want to listen carefully on this one. Introducing the future, a new era of assistance. Be my fashion advisor. Take picture. Ask question. A blue sweater with a high neckline. Be my green thumb. Take picture. Ask question. This looks like a eucalyptus plant. Be my translator. It appears to be a bottle of Louis Chiro Chiu, a Chinese rice wine. Be my maitre d'. The second picture shows a page titled House Favorites. Would you like me to read out specific options? Be my navigator. Then turn right and walk until you reach the first set of machines. The treadmills will be on your left. Be my map. Be my guide. It appears to contain various types of drinks such as Lucatay. Be my gateway. A white dress with a high neckline and long sleeves. It has a layered skirt with a scallop head. Be my AI. Be my eyes. Okay, now there's quite a lot in there, obviously, and you know it she's is good, Lucy. Uh, she's fantastic. Amazing. She really is. It's quite, it's so, quite quick. That's the that only thing. That speech was fast on. Be my maps. I didn't. I didn't get any of that. No, I didn't catch any of that. <laughs> but you know, one example there was a recipe, or not a recipe, a menu in a, a the restaurant. Menu. That's what I picked up on. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. House wines. What What would you like? You know, and and also the way that it's it's not just about giving information. It's about having a conversation. I think that's the the next step with all of this tech that you're able to almost have that conversation and, and discussion with it. So you can say, for example, well, look, tell me what's what's chicken on the menu. What's what's available with chicken? Yeah. Now, interestingly, we've seen this. Over the last couple of years with Orcam. Orcam, yeah, and that's one of their standout features. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So moving on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's in an app now, right? It's just terrifying. That's it's just. Well, uh, what do you okay. do with that? I mean, it's, this is this is kind of incredible. I mean, just being able to look at. I mean, I, I the, the, what I kind of wish I knew with that video was what she was looking at with those pictures. You know, like how accurate was all this? I, look, I this is so exciting. This is really, I think, this is the next step. Right, but I think we do need to be a little bit cautious. I watched the um, OpenAI ChatGPT four live stream, and when they were doing this, you know, the new image um, functionality, there was a long, long pause while it analysed the image. Yes. So, and they were saying, you know, obviously we're working to optimise this, and you know, we are going to make this a lot, lot faster. And at the minute, we are working with Be My Eyes. It's always good to see, you know, a, an app like Be My Eyes get a, a mention in the mainstream as well. And what a great partner for something like this. You know, so many of us taking pictures and asking, you know, and giving feedback. It's a great partner for the OpenAI. But let's not get carried away. I mean, I, I would love this in, you know, chat GPT six or seven to just take live video stream and, you know, describe things as you go in. But we are not there yet. And there will be a pause while oh, this is no, being hang analyzed. on. No, no, no. Hang on. I think you've been a little bit overly cautious here. Why? Because, why, you know, why? We're at this level where, you know, you're saying, well, by chat GPT seven, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get audio description live. Yes, I agree. I would love that. I'm not really yes. interested in that at the moment. I know that might come down the road, but the fact that it's not there is not 
uh, is not bad to me. I'm okay no, with no, that. No, no, no. Yeah, but the claim of this is, you know, just as like a, a human assistant, I think is, I think that's overstretching. I, I mean, I don't know. Haven't used it yet. Well, that's from, the thing, right? From Once the demo I've this. seen from the makers themselves, there was a long pause while I analysed that image. And I, I Do just you care about that? Well, yeah, if it yes, gives you the right information, who cares if it takes no, a few no, seconds to No, no, absolutely, but it can be. No, it, you know yourself, if it takes too long, then you won't use the, the but feature. I know, people, I know people who Why wouldn't, wouldn't you use a human instead? But I know people who won't call Be My Eyes. They won't That's use Be true. My Eyes because they no, don't no. like talking to any other people or people they don't know. There's also yes. a concern, and, and look, there is a question here around data. This is a big question, and Be My Eyes are going to be coming on. I, I, we've had really good chats with them, and I, I want to get... Uh, Mike Buckley on, who's the CEO of uh, uh, Be My Eyes. I want him to come on and talk about this. But I, want, I think what I'd like to know is where's this information going? Is it going to open AI? And what is the privacy? Because, I mean, I guess my question here is, if I was to look at a letter, because back to the IRA thing, right? One of the reasons we use IRA yes. is because if I, yeah. op- if I open up a bank statement and I want to check my balance on my bank statement – this kind of technology would be brilliant to do that because I could just say to it, what's my balance in the account? And it will tell me. So that's re- that's a great example of it. My question is, what happens to the data? What happens to that image? So I think there's a few question marks there for me. But the capability True. and the length of time it takes to get there, I'm not so worried about that. will improve over time, I think. It can will, you imagine yeah. what this is going to do? I mean, can you imagine if this was in glasses? No, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm, what hang I'm on, saying... Hang on. Let me, do my, let me do my thing. Oh, dramatic pulls. Yeah, just like just like GPT four. Um, imagine this was in glasses. Well, you know what? It's going to be soon. Oh, because oh. there wasn't it wasn't just be my eyes talking about the capabilities of Chat GPT. Now, granted, we're talking here more about the previous version, so Chat GPT three, Envision glasses, new feature coming soon. Chat GPT built into Envision. And here's an example of, of how it sounds. And this will actually give you a sense of that pause you're talking about, just in the existing models that are out there at the moment. Uh, this is Karthik Karnan, I think, uh, from the company, who we've had on the show before. This is him demonstrating it at CSUN. This is a demo of the new OpenAI GPT model running on the Envision glasses. I'm going to use the Envision glasses to scan a document about events that are happening at the CSUN Assistive Technology Conference. Firstly, you'll hear an output of the document once the glasses have scanned them. Then I'm going to do a simple two-finger gesture on the glasses to bring up GPT and then use it to ask questions of the document itself. Live conference sessions in Birds of a Feather. Birds of a Feather. New this year. Give me a summary. Envision is summarizing. Live stream of conference sessions in Platinum 6 is available through the conference website. Birds of a Feather networking events are taking place daily at noon in Platinum 1. Social events are also organized throughout the week. What's happening on the 16th of March? Envision is answering your question. On March 16th, the Birds of a Feather networking event for government and policy will be hosted by Timothy Cregan and Catherine Edge of the U.S. Access board. There will also be a karaoke event in Platinum 6 from 7 to 9 p.m. and a bingo event from 7 to 11 p.m. Live stream sessions will also be available via the conference website. What you saw right now is the latest OpenAI GPT model 
running on Envision Glasses, an AI-powered smart glasses for blind and visually impaired people. We're here at the CSUN Assistive Technology Conference in, Han in Anaheim, California. So if you're there at the conference, do come and check out this stuff and you can get to play around with it as well uh, at booth 1011. We're here throughout the week. Uh, so drop by and uh, give the future a shot. Yeah, yeah, I want Why? to include that bit because, you know, that's obviously going on right now. So if you are at CSUN today and you've, you've not had a chance to visit the Envision booth, go and check that out. That is incredible. Booth 1011. I would love to go. God bless you, Mr. F. Um, <laughs> you keep well, saying let, it, but it's not going to happen this year. No, right? I don't think so. It's a bit late. <laughs> I, let me just say, I'm not entirely convinced that's the same thing, okay? I think that's OCR and the text being sent to chat GPT to summarise. No, I'm not saying that's, yeah, what a fantastic demo. Excellent. But I don't think that's the same as image recognition, which the pause was a lot longer. That oh, no, 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 no. To be... I, I, I did say this earlier. You weren't listening clearly. I was, uh, I was. But, but it was, this is not ChatGPT4 that's in use, right? This is the previous version of that without yeah, the image recognition. I, I thought, so yeah, I, it's taking I thought... the image of the, it's taking the text. You're right. It's reading the text and it's summarising. That's and the, there was a that's slight the interesting pause bit. there, but that was nothing like it. Are you obsessed with this pause? Well, because I, I'm just trying to curb people's expectations here. Because it's you know, to say it's a just like a human, people expect to bing, take a picture and say, oh yeah, that's that. And you could make a spag bowl out of that. That's not, <laughs> it's going to be a, a, a slower process than that. And to be fair, um, Karthik said there, he's running the latest chat GPT. So I thought, oh, perhaps it is four. Yeah, but things are moving uh, so quickly uh, here. Uh, well, no. Uh, well, I, yeah, I think uh, you're being. I think you're being very picky, Mister Priest. Okay, okay, that's I am. very picky. I mean, you know, come on, I can pick things out, but that's. He said he's running the latest version, which is four. Oh, dear. Well, it's still in preview. To be fair, I mean, look at okay. the capability of this. Of this, I mean, just come on. Right? Just let's for a second just stop. I'm saying this is incredible. This. You are going to see this now in every single app chat gpt is going to be utilized by so many people like the google um systems are used so often you know mm. everything that recognizes an image or reads a can is usually usually using google image recognition or google ocr they're <laughs> taking a picture and sending it off now everything is going to be using chat gpt that is a definite we're going to see this in seeing ai definitely microsoft have got a huge part of open ai this this is going to be everywhere and it's going to be huge there's a, a fantastic meme that's going around and it's been used for a lot of different things. And it's essentially uh, two images. One is of a school bus, an empty school bus sitting on a train track with a train coming up behind it. And in the next image is of the school bus being sort of smashed to pieces by the train as it comes thundering through. And the one I saw recently was, uh, it, it was Google was written on the bus and then the, tr the second image, the train was written, had written Chat GPT four <laughs> over the top of it as it gets smashed out of the way. It's and this is the thing. Looking that way, this is a, this is a new area of competition for these companies, and it is incredible. And I feel like we are just at the beginnings. But can I just say this? I am so pleased that once again, once again, like lidar, blind people are right at the front of this. And yes. the, the yeah. examples being used are, we are right up there with Be My Eyes leading the charge on this one, Envision developing it into their products. I'm sure they're not alone. I mean, I'm hearing what I hear, but we're not at CSUN, so we're not getting all the information. I'm sure there's other yeah. products as well. But, you know, it, it just is incredible to see and, and hear that, you know, blind people are at the forefront of this. And at least at least we're getting the chance to to demonstrate this stuff. I mean, you know, Be My Eyes is also just, I should say, it's in uh, beta testing phase at this point so 
going out to select users. So that will. Come I'm a select next... user. Yeah, well, I think we should be on there. I think we should yes. be on there because I, I think you would love it. I, I, I'd, I would certainly want to try this kind of I thing. I definitely out. want to try this out. It seems so cool. Absolutely I just think about, so you know, cool. how many times I go to a restaurant and I think I cannot be bothered going through this menu. Oh, I know. And you ask someone to read it and say, I'll just read the headings, burgers, steak. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because you, you feel self-conscious that you're reading through everything. Aren't you? Well, you know yeah. how you know how people do it though, right? If people say they're reading the menu, they go, "Yeah, so there's uh, chicken and there's," the, and they start off with great intentions. They start reading yeah, the menu and then, and they, then they tail off, and it's just <laughs> like, like, well, you know, they've got pasta as well and 800 choices, but you've no idea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I just right. think being able to say, "Tell me everything you've got with chicken in it." Because I love chicken, right? So I was like, have something with chicken. And then you find something you never had before and you wouldn't have done that without that capability. And also, I I also wonder, and this is a much bigger conversation to have, but I, I saw someone tweeting about this. Could it be we're on the cusp of a brand new style of screen reader as well? Ooh, now that's a really interesting point. I mean, the, the think of, because um, I was just playing with it today, actually, screen recognition on the iPhone which, mm. as a general rule, is pretty poor. Uh, sorry, Apple. Uh, as a general yeah. rule, but they decided it. And they said, yeah, look, <laughs> make this as bad as you can make it uh, yeah. and then ship it out to people. It's like it had so much promise of, of making inaccessible apps accessible and it just doesn't seem to work very well. Well, with this new chat GPT, I mean, maybe we're putting too much on chat GPT, but it doesn't seem like there's any no, limit to it. It doesn't that's seem to be. That, I, mean, I think that's a really interesting point. Well, take a website. Take, take the same approach to the menu as you would for a website. I want to do this with this website, and I can just ask the website to do it. So let's, for, let's say, for example, we use um, an app, I don't know. So let's say Dropbox or something. You want to download a file. You know, search my Dropbox for this file, and can you download it, please? And it just goes off and does it. I mean, it's almost like live automations, live shortcuts. It's like bringing all that into one. You know, instead well, of having to create the shortcut and build it yeah. and write it like we've talked about, actually, instead... Just, just ask the thing and it goes off and does it for you. Well, that Cortana seem far away. 2.0, you wait for Windows <laughs> wow. 12. As I say, Microsoft basically, you know, have got a, such a massive stake. Clippy's in- got a, a leather jacket on Clippy. and gelled hair. <laughs> Clippy is cool. Clippy is cool again. <laughs> Clippy's and driving clever. a sports car. Oh, yeah, but no, I mean, we're joking about it, but I mean, that's the promise of smart speakers, of voice assistants have always been. And we, you know, we got so excited with smart speakers because A, they're so accessible. But, you know, it was really cool asking those questions. But anyone who's used it, as long as we have, know the limitations there. You know, when you've got to give one command, then wait for it, then give another command. And this whole natural language, being able to talk to it like it's a human being and getting a response in the same uh, same way is fantastic. And that's the, that's the changing point. And that seems to be where we're at with ChatGPT. How does Apple compete with this? You think about it, right? So Google... They buy them. Well, well, I, I, maybe don't buy them, but I think there's something in here about partnership. Now, look, Apple and Microsoft have partnered before on various things. Um, not as much as, as other companies maybe have, but I'm, but... I'm racking my brains. Well, I'm, I'm thinking ultimately here... Well, I mean, things like... I mean, I remember when Office... Remember way back in the day when oh, you, could, yeah, you yeah. could open a Word document on a Mac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they eventually yeah. partnered on that, and then they've partnered on a few other areas as well. But I'm just wondering, and, and accessibility actually is one area they do all work together on. But I do find it interesting that, you know, could could Apple come out? I mean, I'm thinking with Apple Glass, for example, when that eventually emerges. How powerful would that be with this kind of technology built in? 
Yeah, but but is Apple going to create its own version of this? Has it already? That's been the way on they this? usually work. Either buy the the you know technology outright, or I think they've they missed it on this do one. Do their own. I think they've I missed think, it. What? See, it depends how how OpenAI are going to. I mean, are they going to license it or use it as they're currently doing? As a you know, you subscribe to the Pro APIs, so any app can. Well, that was the bit that confused me. That that confused me because I was thinking to myself, hang on a minute, if Microsoft have bought this thing, why have they not closed all those other routes off? Why is it not that, you know, essentially Microsoft Mm. is the gateway to get access to all this? Do they own it or do they own part of it? They they don't own it all. They've invested billions, right? But, I mean, the the clue is in sort of the... the, uh, It depends on the ethos behind the company, right? Open AI. This is meant to be a, you know open collaboration. So I don't know if that's stipulated somewhere in the you know in the mission statement. Maybe I don't know, but I mean they could still license out like ARM processors. You know the the Apple Silicon is is licensed and based on ARM processors. So I suppose they could do it that way, license out the technology. You know, but either way, it's absolutely amazing. And this is where you think Google would have been ahead of the game, right? And Open AI sort of came out of well, sort of nowhere for most people. And yet Google just are fighting now to catch up and they, they just can't. It's amazing technology. It is incredible. I mean, I, I, there's no denial that the, the capability here is just immense. And, you know, the fact we're seeing it already at CSUN, I mean, it's already been a busy CSUN. It's not been on for a couple of days. I know. It's 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 honestly grand. But I, it's as exciting as when Ira was announced. When, when I first saw Ira, I thought, wow, this sort of, this changes everything for us. And I, I'm getting the, faint, the same feeling about this capability. It is amazing. You know, look at the scene description on any of these, you know, apps that we're using, seeing AI, SuperSense, Envision. They're never great, are they? And it always says, you know, sort of preview, demo mode, don't don't rely on it. And it says, you know, it's a washing machine in my living room, apparently. But, you know, <laughs> given that, co- that might could didn't be even no, pe- in my didn't house. Didn't you have a penguin in your hall at one point? Yes, according to ARX, yes. But the... Um, <laughs> The thing that's missing is always the context. And and this is where I think chat GPT comes in, you know, being able to say, okay, this looks like a living room and there, this is on the left and da, 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 da. It's that detail that can really make a difference. So, yeah, exciting. It's interesting, isn't it? Because all these companies that have created hardware and, you know, tried to build their own. I mean, and it's interesting to see Envision doing this as well, because Envision have spent a lot of money and time developing their AI. And what has actually happened is, Instead of saying, no, 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 look, we've spent all this money doing this. We're just going to continue doing what we do. And that might result in a lesser experience than, say, ChatGPT4 can deliver. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. Instead of saying that, they're saying, no, 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 let's embrace what's coming down the line. Yeah. And that is so smart. I think that's the smart move for these companies. And get in now because this is where it's going. This yeah. is the next level. Now, you're saying, I think and you're talking in terms of accessibility. You're talking, you know, the IRA moment was the, the aha yes. moment for a lot of us. It's one of those landmark but, moments in accessibility. Yeah, accessibility. But, but, but ChatGPT generally, I would say, is the iPhone moment. Yes. I will, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you are. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. this is It's across the board. Yeah. I mean, you know, for how long have we sat doing it? We were doing this show last year. We started going daily last year. We used to talk about the evolution rather than revolution. It hasn't been a revolution for a long time. Technology felt the same. Yeah. You know, phones have been feeling the same. Every time a new device comes out, no matter who brings it out, it just feels like just another version with a slightly faster processor and maybe a little bit better screen. And it's always really hard to get excited about it. 
Yeah. But now the underlying technology has changed and I think the technology will go with it because the capability now is going to be so extreme from the software side that it's going to innovate lots of new types of hardware because you could put this into anything. It doesn't require a huge amount of brain power, I don't think, as long as it's connected to the internet. It's going to make the IoT, the Internet of Things, oh, yeah. come to life. Yeah, I think a security camera is running this. Oh, man, we're at, we're at it, Skynet. It'll tell you we're at Terminator. Well, I mean, the thing about how that could all link together and how one can talk to the other, and, you know, that could just be improved upon, you know, through conversation. Yeah. You know, it, it's going to end up where a phone is going to be pretty much just a chat bot. You'll just have a, a button you push or a screen you tap, and that's it. You just talk to it, and yeah. that is it. And then, why do you need a screen? Just talk to it i mean we're back to you know and then, smart speakers the next revolution exactly and then for us what does that mean bliss happiness yes. joy yeah. to the world oh, oh, what a, what a great way to end yeah honestly that is is very very exciting so more to come on that actually tomorrow on the show um we will of course bring you updates as we get them on on csun we, we will be checking in with jj meadow on friday who's actually at csun uh for blind bargains and he will be joining us to talk all about his experiences there. I'm sure he's very excited by all this as well, if not a little bit overwhelmed by everything that's going on. Um, and on top of that, tomorrow we're going to be joined by uh, Michael Babcock. He's back with us as well. Damasi Thomas joining us as well. We're going to be talking all about Mac apps, including LaunchBar. Uh, is a big fan of that, and I want to really dig in more on how that can work. LaunchBar is like an alternative to Spotlight, you know, when you do the command space on a Mac. To oh, search yeah, or something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, LaunchBar is like an alternative to that. Uh, but way more powerful. Uh, Backblaze is a backup solution for your Mac. So he's going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, RIM, Remote Incident Manager, coming oh, to that, the Mac as well. That looks so cool. That's very interesting. So we did mention that the other day, but we're going to get into more on that tomorrow uh, here on Double Tap. It's a tech show, honest. Ah, we proved it. We proved it today, finally. <laughs> God bless you, Mr. F. Bye. Love Bye -bye. Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.